This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hi, this is Lou Roberts. This is Tyrese Campbell. And you're listening to the Every Step Along The Way podcast. Hello everybody and welcome back to this very latest episode of Every Step Along The Way. Uh, Mike, you are joining me tonight. This is a busy week for us, isn't it, Red? It is. I'm, I'm already tired, if I'm honest with you. I have just come back from the, pan, <laughs> the, the panto, though, um, in, in fairness. It was uh, Jack and the Beanstalk. I, I swear Johnny Wilkes doesn't do anything else other than a panto. No, I think that pretty much is his is, is, is forte, is his career. <laughs> Him and Robbie Williams. If it wasn't for Robbie, he'd be a nobody, wouldn't he? But um, yeah, in fairness to the guy, like he's 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 great at what he does. Uh, like the kids love him, and he you know he is funny. It's it's just he's only known for Panto and being Robbie Williams' best mate. And let's be honest. So, um, but yeah, no, you've got me here lying in bed at quarter past ten at night recording a podcast. Uh, we've got another one to record tomorrow, uh, and I think we've got we another recorded one. Recorded one last night. <laughs> yeah, it's honestly, I, <laughs> we, I'll be very podcast um, out by the time uh, we're done this week, I think. Yeah, then of course we'll be reconvening Saturday night to record a podcast to release on Sunday before your game that's on Tuesday. <laughs> yeah, if anyone wants to stand in for a couple of couple of games, you're uh, you're welcome to do so. <laughs> Right, let's crack into it. Let's get cracking. Um, West Brom, mate. So, obviously, the game was on tele- game was televised. Once it was on Sky. Um, Paul Gallagher was in charge. Second in what turns out to be final game for anyone who's living, living under a rock and hasn't noticed. We have got a new manager. We'll get onto that later. Um, but yeah, Paul Gallagher. I was interested. I mean, I said didn't I that I would like to see. Hoover as part of a three centre backs if we were going to go that way, and uh, it it appeared to happen. I, th- I thought on the free side he he did all right. Keanu didn't he? One of his better games in recent times. Yeah, I didn't. I mean, yeah, it was, it was a solid performance. I wouldn't say he did anything overly special, but he he was he didn't really do anything wrong either. To be honest, yeah, I, I think it was been it's been an interesting couple of games for Galley. I think he's done himself a lot of credit. Uh, you know. Two games that we could have come unstuck. Let's face it, we could, we've come unstuck against, you know, hot, you know worse teams rather uh, in that time. So you know, to get a points against Swansea uh, wasn't overly great, but it was still a you know a solid performance again. And then to get another point against West Brom, who we know are doing really well this season, that they do play some really good football. They got some dangerous players. Yeah, we probably rode our luck a little bit at times, but you do that in football. So yeah, for for me, Dan, I thought it was a, a really strong performance. Um, did we deserve to win it? No. I'd say a point was about fair. I think they will come away quite disappointed by the actual result. I think they will think they could have won. Jack Bonham pulled off a couple of um, okay saves. I think there was a lot made of Jack Bonham saves. Um, the one that came right at him towards the end of the game, which he it just, just hit him. You know, fair enough. He stood up strong. Um, should be saving them. The one that he was hit chest high should have saved it. But I, I'm, I'm kind of not um, unbiased now because I, I'm, I'm that against Jack Bonham being in goal. I don't think I can actually give him a fair appraisal. Uh, I'll put my hands up to that one. But yeah, he, he, he did, he did enough. He kept us in the game. The defending for that goal, Dan. Um, see, th- this is this is where I think we need Wilmot back because Rose. He's, he is a liability. That it, just clear the ball out for a corner if you have to, or just lump it. Just get it away. Don't try and you know shepherd the ball out when you're not absolutely certain that it's going to go over the line. Like it's just stupid. I mean, there's two, probably two games in a row now where we've gone and conceded goals from stupid defending, and I just 
if you imagine the games where we wouldn't have made silly decisions, we would have been way further up this table right now. And let's be honest, Alex Neil would not have been sacked. So it's it's small margins, but I think Rose is I think Rose is working himself out of this team, and I think the new man, which we'll probably talk about, uh, will soon sort that out. If I'm honest with you, but yeah, it, look, as as an overall game, we did well. We got a point out of it. Gucci's goal was uh, a cracking strike. He clearly meant it, obviously. Um, yeah, so it, it was it was good to get a couple of points on the board. I wouldn't have wanted us to lose both of them because it would have looked extremely dire. When you think we're what two points off the actual relegation zone, so we'll be joint relegation based on goal difference. So uh, a tiny, tiny bit of breathing room. Yeah, if you were to sum up Gallagher's couple of games there, I think for me. He sort of slammed the brakes on that ship. You see, like you know, I don't, he hasn't turned the ship around and got it still in the right direction. But he's, he's yeah, the brakes have gone on, the anchor's gone down, and and we look a lot more solid. I, I, I felt. I know, like you say, there was times we rode a look against West Brom, but for me, I thought they, they look like they're trying a lot more. They look more united as a side. Um, than they, than they were in the latter stages of Alex Neal's reign. And I think that's helpful for the new man coming in, isn't it? Yeah, exactly that. And obviously, Gally's going to be staying on, isn't he, uh, to, to be part of the coaching team. I, I like that. I, I think I think he's a, a, a really nice guy. Um, I can't really claim to know what his coaching's like. I think not, none of us probably can. He's clearly staying at the club, so he must be a decent coach at the same time. So I think that was good. Um, it was strange. Shawcross was part of all that, but he was a silent, silent assassin. Once he, you know, he didn't really do anything other than kick a few balls around on a pitch, you know, warm up and all that business. But I guess that's what he's there for. He wasn't there to be in the in the spotlight. So I'm glad that they're obviously staying on. Um, but I think you're right. He, he steadied the ship. He got us a couple of points. He's probably not done himself any any harm in terms of his career. Whether he wants to be a manager, I don't know. I did see some calls for him to be the manager to the end of the season. With the greatest of respects to the people who said that, Luke, he's, would you really trust him to take us to the end of this season? I know I certainly wouldn't. Uh, he got, yeah, he got us a couple of points, but I think that was stretching it a little bit. So I'm glad that he's not the manager, but I'm also very glad that he's staying with the club. Yeah, I reckon he's probably glad he's not the manager as well, to be fair. It's quite early in his coaching career. Um, and at the minute he's come in, he's had a couple of games, done well, um, without being excelling. But, you know, there's going to be that sort of new manager bounce, etc. And especially if there's been any ill feeling around the place when the old manager was here. And that can soon rub off. And like you say, uh, he leaves those couple of games where people go, oh, yeah, OK, it could be a decent manager in the future. Whereas if he'd have stayed for 20 games, that might not be the case. Yeah, yeah, exactly that. And what what do you kind of, uh, I mean, uh, what what did you make about you know, the likes of Rose and, and that goal out of interest? As I said, I think it was a, a poor goal to concede. I mean, do you, do you think that Rose... Is someone who's going to be able to make it under Steven Schumacher? I think for me, Dan, he's he's not a ball playing defender. Which we're not going to go into the absolute bare, you know, absolute mass detail on Schumacher. You know, if anyone's missed it, we did a Twitter Spaces that's live already on on the platform. You know, you can get some real good insight and analysis on there. But one of the things that we talked about, obviously, was the nature of of how he's going to play. Do you think the likes of Rose? Um, McNally, let's you know, let's throw him, let's throw him in there. Do you think both of them have got a future under Stephen Schumacher? Because Rose does not strike me as a ball playing mid, uh, ball playing midfielder. Certainly doesn't strike me as that a ball playing defender. Uh, do you think he's got a future, or do you think he's one that we're going to try and get rid of either in January or the summer? Uh, I think if he's looking for three ball playing centre backs, then the only one at the club at the minute is Ben Wilmot. So we'll be after making moves for a couple. Um, Luke McNally's, he showed me there's a decent defender, but I don't think he's comfortable enough on the ball to be classed as a ball playing centre half. Um, Agreed, yeah. And I think, like I say, he would definitely be in the market for one centre half and possibly even two. 
Um, it's whether he whether he feels he can make do with two and have McNally as maybe a centre or even. Um, I mean, there's, we've said before, I mean, for all the, the sort of poor performances on the whole of, say, a Keanu Hoover, he's actually technically possibly the best player we've got at the club. Do you know how he, you know, how he can, can the, the ways he can sort of trap a ball, control a ball, um, the skill levels he's got sort of passed it out. When he's on form, when he's playing well, he has, like I say, more, probably more skill, higher skill level than anyone else there. So, if he's in that back three on the right, and then you've got a Ben Wilmot, and then you get a left-sided player in, that could be the way to go. Uh, but yeah, for me, I don't think Rose, Rose definitely, I don't think he's got enough about him. What he was doing for that goal, I do not know. He's, you, you, you play the ball, not the man, because the man can just, when you mark a Rose, the man will just dance around you and make you look stupid like he did. But uh, yeah, I think it was a good finish by Thomas Asante. I mean, again, it shows... Yeah, you can't. Other than other than what Rose did, you can't criticise the rest of them. You know, there was a block on there, and then there was another block off the line, and this, and then Asante's you know just just found the bottom corner with a volley, which you know you, you, you can't really do anything about that, can you? They say Rose's fault completely for the goal, and he was lucky because about five minutes earlier, that we'd had a corner and it come out to him about 35, 40 yards out, no sort of pressure on him, and he's totally miscontrolled the ball, and it's just rolled away from him. And I think it was Dion Garner nipped in, not first touch, not too past him, and then they were in on goal. And I think it took Jordan Thompson, if I remember rightly, came across him and put a tackling just to uh, basically on the edge of her own box, just to stop, just to stop him getting in again. And like I say, that was sort of like the prequel to to him actually ballsing up and then conceding the equaliser a few minutes later. So he didn't learn from his lesson there, did he? No, exactly, mate, exactly. Uh, yeah, I mean, is there anything else you want to mention on this game? Not really much else uh, to mention, was there? No, I mean, I know we've kind of all moved on, haven't we, <laughs> away from this. There's been that much happening. I mean, we, we had one shot on target and we, we scored with it, let's be honest. We didn't really do much more in terms of dangerous play on that one. Uh, I mean, Gucha clearly didn't mean it right, but it's nice to actually get a little bit of luck because you can, it, I suppose as much as we say, you know, Gally got, got us a point, if Gooch doesn't score that goal, we actually probably don't even get close to scoring against West Brom. So we'll take the luck when we get it. We haven't had a lot of luck this season. We've had a lot of dodgy referees going against us and all that business. Um, we only got one yellow card, which means that obviously Ben Pearson clearly wasn't playing. So else it would have been more. Uh, yeah, nothing overly um, much more to speak about. I mean, I thought like man of the match wise, I was a little bit, torn on this one i can't remember who i actually went for on the uh on the poll but if i'm honest i've got to probably go with gooch again no no not really just for his goal in fact not for his goal at all i think his work rate and you know he he puts himself about he's he's quick to to read you know bad bad balls he's he's quick to kind of read the game i just i'm seeing a different gooch than the one that walked through the door and if they, I really hope that, you know, Schumacher can find a way to get him into his system somewhere. Now, we might not be a starter. We'll soon see. But I definitely think there's a, a really good player in there. So if Alex Neal's done one thing, he's, he's at least got as a, a a decent right back, right attacking midfielder, wherever he's going to play him. But yeah, he's he's definitely got the nod for me on that one. Yeah, it'd be interesting if he maybe sticks him a bit further forward, doesn't he? Or you can always stick him on the left. You never know. We'll have a look at well, or we'll find out soon, won't we, if he's in our team for the weekend. Um, as for the official man of the match, it was actually Lyndon Gooch, 60% of the vote. Jack Bonham got 34% in second. And uh, then Walter Berger and Bajon Ho both got 2% of the vote to finish joint third. There were also votes for Josh Loren and Kiana Hoover. <laughs> you um, enjoyed that, didn't you? I did. Maybe we'll wrap this up and get into the news. So there was no action for either the women under or the under 18s this week, uh, but the under 21s did wrap up their 2023 program with a 3-1 victory over Nottingham Forest on Monday. Uh, Lewis Baker played in centre midfield, so he got some minutes in his legs, which is good. Uh, and there was goals from Nikola Jojic. Uh, ben Kershaw and Kayla Redding. 
I said, yes, as we run out three one victors to round off the year, so that's good. Uh, now the big news of the week: uh, Lewis McCarr has completed a permanent deal to Notts County. Now, would... <laughs> you wind up merchant. <laughs> now he he really has done, but I think the next bit is the real, real big news of the week. We have a new manager, so we have now Plymouth manager Stephen Schumacher. He was appointed and on Tuesday, the days have all got mixed up, Mike. He was appointed on Tuesday evening, wasn't he, officially? And, yeah, Tuesday uh, yeah. evening. We heard about him on Sunday. Um, that was generally, looks like it was going through. And then, yeah, I think it was, I think it was generally Tuesday, wasn't it, that it was actually announced, I think. Yeah, and we've got, he's been appointed as what I think is the first Head coach, I can't remember as having a previous head coach, um, but yeah, that's his official title. Uh, he's bringing with him his assistant head coach, Mark Hughes, not the former state manager, Mark Hughes. A lot of people have sort of think, oh, he's come home, he's come back to the club, he's involved. No, not that Mark Hughes. This is just a completely different one. Uh, first team coach, Peter Kavanagh, not that Kavanagh. This one's spelled the scene, okay. And goalkeeper coach, Darren Basset. Uh, now, Paul Gallagher is going to remain as part of the first-team coaching staff, uh, whilst uh, Ryan Shawcross and Alex Morris will return back to their roles as the under-21s, under-18s, whilst Jonathan Gould and, um, and the lead analyst, Charlie, whose name is Charlie Ager, have left the club. So it's interesting how the lead analyst has left, Mike. And obviously, we haven't brought one in, but Stephen Schumacher... That, that is a big part of his sort of how he manages the club into and well how he coaches as his head coach um in the obviously it's very sort of analytical and numbers driven so he must have created a position there to bring somebody in of his own of his own person even if it's not the guy he's got at Plymouth well I said this to the the guy at Plymouth yesterday that I I reckon this the pub put something in contractually that stops us taking them this season. Um, I reckon it's not, it's probably something you can kind of get away with um, for the time being with maybe the staff that we've got. People can just move into that role temporarily. But genuinely, I think he's going to try and take as many of his reliable uh, analysts and coaches away from Plymouth as he can. But obviously, as I said, we won't be able to this season. So I would, don't be surprised to, to see that guy come across. If there's, if there's any way we can do it, um, and depending on the relationship he's got with Schumacher, which you know you'd imagine is is a very good one, I fully expect him to come across. It's just a gut feeling. I don't know that. It's just I think I think it's likely to happen. Um, at the very least, if he doesn't, then it opens up a door, as you've said, to to bring somebody else in. So I I generally don't think there's an awful lot he can do now. In January, we've probably already identified targets we want to go back in for. He might obviously have his own opinions, of course. But by and large, the data he, he can probably fumble his way through it for you know the, the half of the season that's left. Yeah, I imagine so. I'm with you. I think he'll bring his own people in as and when he can, and he's probably prepared to wait, like say, for certain people as well. Um, be interesting if you see anybody who's stuck on gardening leave at Plymouth in in the next few weeks. Yeah, exactly. Let's be honest as well. We're not talking about people who are paid footballer wages here, you know, with the far further down the pecking order. Now, don't get me wrong, they're, they're not going to be, you know, be 15, 20 grand a year. You know, they're going to be on some decent money. But at the same time, these people have probably got, you know, families um, that you know are settled in the area. They can't just do what a manager does and just jump ship halfway through a season without really any thought process behind it. You know, it's, it's, it's kind of a slightly different type of situation. So, you know, yeah, assistant managers, they know the deal a bit like a manager does. If we get a new job, we move, but people like this, I genuinely don't think it's that simple. So yeah, I think it's a, it's a common sense thing to do. Don't rush it in. If you, if he's got someone clearly in mind, which no doubt he has, he will take his time. Uh, to get that person in. D- don't doubt it for a second. Um, as for the manager himself, I mean, we've spent an hour and a half talking about him last night, didn't we? Um, with, sort of, like I say, Plymouth, uh, the, the guy from uh, Plymouth Live, Argyle Life podcast. 
uh, and also uh, Heath, the uh, scout who sort of you know, puts a lot of strange stuff on Twitter. Just give you a little clip of what was in that podcast. If you haven't heard it, maybe this might just uh, drag you on to uh, have a good listen. But we have changed this season. Um, we switched to a back four. We don't play with the three at the back as um, as, as as the fans would like, really, especially away from home. Um, yeah, I mean, our style has changed somewhat from last season. I think he is um, he is adaptable. He's adaptable to opponents as well. Um, you know, he's, he's, he's famous for, uh, we we termed it the Shuey Roulette, and, uh, and I'd like to think that, that name would continue. Um, I, I don't know if there are any stats on how many uh, changes are made game by game, but uh, I can assure you that, that we would be top if there is su- such an EFL stat. I mean, um, and I think a lot of um, a lot of Schumacher's um, tactical um, nous, should we say, actually comes in-game rather than from the start. He doesn't... Um, I don't want to say he, always, he doesn't always, but he doesn't... If he tends to get it wrong to start with, he's very, very good at in-game changes. I think last season, I can't, uh, can't remember the stat off the top of my head, but it was something like 27 points we won from losing position. So, um, very... He, he's a lot... Uh, more flexible than than it's been given credit for. I think if you look at um, Kieran McKenna, he's he's able to to put out a a stronger squad, uh, you know, a stronger team with, with stronger ideas and philosophy from the start. Whereas if you're going purely in game changes, then then Schumacher trumps um, McKenna. Right. So that's that. That um, yeah, I would. Fully, um, you know, ex- ex- encourage anybody to go and listen to that. We really enjoyed sort of the the insight that we got from that, and it built up my sort of knowledge and expectation around Stephen Schumacher massively, uh, Mark. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, gen- I know we're always going to say, look, go and listen to the podcast. Of course we are. But it was genuinely one of the best podcasts that I've been involved in in, in three years of this of this podcast existing. Like the, the, the insight, the analysis, not just about, you know, what formation he's going to play. Like it was what type of a person he is, how he thinks, how he might deal with foreign players and so much stuff that was in there. But, you know, from people who have literally watched him since he started in that job. Now, you can have all these pundits who have heard through the grapevine or, you know, they picked up bits along the way. But hearing that actually from somebody who's lived and breathed watching him uh, and, you know, is it knows their club inside out and how it's changed since, you know, the, uh, the low who was in there before, you know, the, you can't really get much more accurate than that. So, yeah, if you want to know everything there is to know about him, then I genuinely, hand on heart, would say you won't find it anywhere else to that level of, of detail. And that's a bit a big statement, but uh, generally I, I think that covers everything you need to know. Now, before you do go off and listen to that podcast, let's listen to the end of this one. And we're going to have a chatty about Millwall. Where's that dust coming from? Still finding debris after vacuuming? Eufy X10 Pro Omni Robot Vacuum has 8,000 PA of powerful suction to remove debris deep in carpets. And it's totally hands-free. Want to know more? Go to eufy.com. That's E-U-F-Y dot And discover X10 Pro Omni, the best-in-class all-in-one robot vacuum for only $799. Picture the scene. All of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. So, on to Millwall, where's home we go. So, we have met the Lions 60 times. We have 23 victories, 15 draws and 27 defeats. At Stoke, we've played them on 30 occasions. We have 17 wins, 6 draws and just the 7 losses. However, in recent times, it's not been that great. So we've only won one of the last 10 meetings between the two clubs. Three draws and six defeats. That one win was a 2-0 home win in March 2022. 
However, if we are to win, we're probably going to keep a clean sheet. Six of the last seven Stoke victories versus Millwall have been to nil. It's an interesting stat. Right, so no longer with the Alex Neal stats. We'll scribble them out. We're now Stephen Schumacher stats. He has he has managed against Millwall on one occasion, and it was a defeat. It was a 2-0 home defeat on October the 3rd this year in what turned out to be Gary Rowett's last victory as Millwall manager. So, Stephen Schumacher versus Joe Edwards. Uh, there's nothing on that because uh, they've never faced each other and Joe Edwards has also never managed against Stoke. Uh, Stoke's home form has them in 18th in the home table with 14 points. Um, so, Daniel Johnson's penalty and the struck own goal against Leeds are the only goals we've scored in our last five home games. Uh, Millwall's away form actually has them um, in 11th position in the away table uh, with 13 points gained from their away games. However, since Joe Edwards took charge, they have lost three out of three games on the road. Uh, The last five matches, the two clubs have got identical records. So they both sit joint 22nd in the table with two points. They've both scored five and both conceded nine goals in that time. Now, Tyrese Campbell, he's one game away from his 150th appearance for Stoke. We mentioned it a couple of weeks ago, but he's picked up an injury. Well, when he does eventually make that 150th appearance, it will be under his seventh different Stoke manager. Seventh different permanent Stoke manager, that is. Um, Stoke have conceded three penalties this season, of which two were converted, whilst Millwall have conceded four. There's only one team in the league who've conceded more than that. Uh, of those four, three were converted and one was saved. Uh, Stoke have the third highest percentage of crosses that have been stopped, so the fullbacks seem to do a good job of stopping you know, balls coming into the box uh, from wide areas. So the eight percent of crosses have been um, bl- uh, stopped and blocked from coming in. At Millwall, they were a lowly seventeenth on that, with just five point two percent of crosses stopped. So that could be a, a way for Stoke. You know, if we attack down the flanks, uh, it seems like you know we we might have some luck there. And hopefully our fullbacks can continue their fine work at stopping the ball getting in the box from there. Um, Stoke have the lowest shot on target percentage in the league, 24.4%, which is actually over 3% lower than West Brom, who are next worst. Uh, Millwall sit 18th in that with 31.3% of their efforts on target. The two clubs, incidentally, have had one... Millwall have had one shot more than Stoke, yet they've had 18 more on target than Stoke. So, yeah, we really do need to uh, start hitting the target a bit more with our efforts. Uh, the referee, so the referee is George Eltringham. So he has uh, refed 14 matches this season, given out 65 yellow cards, one red, but no penalties. There's been four home wins, five draws, and five uh, away wins. He's ref Stoke on 15 occasions, given us 29 yellow cards, three reds. He's given us one penalty, yet to give a penalty against us. Uh, he has refed us twice this season, which was a 2-0 away loss against Leicester and the Carabao Cup victory at home to West Brom, 2-1 in August. Uh, he has refed Millwall on 11 occasions, given them 17 yellow cards, no reds. He's given them one penalty and given one penalty against them. And this season, he's refed them one which was a 3-0 home win against Rotherham. So, on this day, uh, Saturday the 23rd of December 2006, Liam Lawrence, the right winger who was on loan from Sunderland but signed permanently the following January, scored the only goal as Stoke took all three points against Ipswich at Portman Road. The result left City in fourth place in the Championship and eyeing a possible playoff spot. So we'll take a 1-0 win. I don't think it'll quite take us up to fourth in the league. Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll take a repeat of the scoreline, if nothing else, I think. Right, so we're going to get more in-depth in the game now. But first of all, we're going to listen to that Millwall podcast, feelings ahead of the match, and also the ever-reliable Graham McGarry. Hello, 
Well, there, once again, you Stoke City Potters predictors, as you get ready now for your start of the festive fixture programme with that home game against Millwall. We'll take a bit more look at that in depth shortly. A game, of course, that pairs two clubs with new managers. We wonder how the latest new manager will be going on when he comes out at the Bet365 on Saturday afternoon to face his new supporters in Stoke City. Welcome Stephen Schumacher then to the Potteries, having spent a couple of years down in Plymouth and what a fantastic job he did as well. He surprised many people, of course, when he stayed down at Plymouth, when he had the chance to come back up to Preston and work with his colleague Ryan Lowe. But he decided that he was going to try and forge his own career as a manager and he's not done too bad in the early stages. Let's hope that he can keep it going and do what every Stoke City fan wants to do is take the side back to the promised land of the Premier League. It's going to be a long time of course in a hard working period for Stoke to get back into that higher echelon of the English football but you never know, given the support which he will get from you, the fans given the backing which he will get from the owners, perhaps this is the recipe for success Welcome Stephen Schumacher to Stoke-on-Trent I'm sure come Saturday afternoon he'll know what those Stoke fans are all about. Now you've got to start winning games. We've been saying that for weeks and weeks that they've got to start winning games. Well, there's a new regime, it's a new era and once again it's a new start under the uh, chairmanship of John Coates. It hasn't been much success for John Coates since he was taking more control of the club. Well, let's hope this one works out for him and Stoke can start off on winning ways. Millwall themselves under new management, they've gone down a different route as well, bringing in Joe Edwards as their manager to replace another former Stoke manager in Gary Rowett. Schumacher takes the points this weekend. What a great start and what a great feeling it will be going into the Christmas dinner and the other festive programmes. Stoke City 2, Millwall 0. Hello guys, I hope you're all well. It's Dan from That Mill Podcast here looking ahead to the clash between Stoke City and Mill this weekend. Um, I think it's going to be a little bit of a tight, tense game. Both teams need the points for exactly the same reason to try and get a bit of momentum going into what is an important Christmas period. Um, we find ourselves in a really bad rut. Obviously, Joe Edwards is our new head coach, came in following the departure of uh, former Stoke City manager Gary Rowett at the, uh, from the Den. Um, and Edwards won his first game 4-0 and now we're winless in six games since then, I believe it is. So um, we need to turn the tide really badly. It looked like we was going to do that in our last game against Huddersfield Town, but we conceded a 97th minute penalty. Um, to end up drawing that game 1-1. It just feels like at the moment we're the we're on the bad end of some really bad luck at the moment and we just need that luck to, to turn for us a little bit. Um, but it just feels like we really can't catch a break, which is really frustrating from a Millwall point of view. And obviously looking at the league table now, we, we need that break to come for us sooner rather than later. I mean, hopefully it can be um, Saturday's game, but I'm not expecting an easy game. Obviously, Stephen Schumacher did some great stuff when he was at Plymouth, and I think he can get Stoke going. I don't doubt the quality Stoke squad have got. I just think that they need maybe need um, some different ideas to get them playing to their full capability. I thought when the two teams played each other at the Den earlier this season, I thought Stoke were desperately unlucky not to walk away with a point at least that afternoon. They battered us from pillar to post, particularly in the second second half um, so I think it's going to be another game where we're going to have to sit in defend and then maybe try and nick one on the counter attack but as I said both teams are in desperate need of the points um, to try and pull away from that relegation zone um, I'm going to give a match prediction now and I think I think we're going to take I think it's going to be a case of one point gain for us and maybe two drop from Stoke um, on the way I think the game's going to go but I think we're going to I think it's going to be a 2-2 draw I think we've got a few more goals in us now than we did have um, under Rowett but we seem to be more prone to lapses of concentration um, within our defence and on paper Stoke have some very good attacking players and Schumacher obviously got uh, Plymouth playing some really good attacking football managed to get the best out of players like Morgan Whitaker down at Argyle I think he's going to be able to do that with some of the players that he's got um, at Stoke so that's my prediction uh, for the game and thank you for having me on your podcast
There we then, Mike. The Schumacher era begins. Um, what are you think? Do you think we're going to see a similar formation to what we played at West Brom with the three centre halves? Uh, that seems to have got him the main success in his career, doesn't it? Especially the last season and a couple of games this year, they played really well at Plymouth in that formation. Um, not so much in the four-three-three he's tried. I I think with the players we've got. I can fully expect him going the three, sort of the three, four, two, one. Uh, personally, I disagree. I don't think he'll do that. Um, not for Millwall. And the only reason I say that, Dan, is is, is mainly because I don't think he's had enough time. He's, he's going to come in here this week. Uh, if he came in and got appointed on Tuesday, he would have met the players, had a couple of words. He wouldn't have done any coaching of any kind. You know, he's going to be going in there just... You know, the, the more mundane stuff, like sorting out his desk, getting his rooms correct, looking at the facilities, what have I got, what haven't I got. He's going to be spending most of his time on Tuesday doing that. So Wednesday, he's probably gone in there, asked, you know, Paul Gallagher to, to run the, the session, you know, show him in the players, you know, just, just show, me, show me what you can do. He's probably had a few pointers, but between what Wednesday and effectively Friday, so, you know, that's three sessions, probably. He's not going to be able to do too much. So he's going to have to rely on the experience of, of Paul Gallagher and, and other players, uh, you know, sorry, other coaches around there. So I don't, again, I've said it on the other day, I don't put so much thought process and pressure on him for this one. I, d- I genuinely don't think he's going to be able to make much of a difference. Now, if I was going into this game as a manager, or a coach, we have to change the, the terminology, it, it's a coach, not a manager. Um We'll get used to it. Give us a couple of years. So if I was a coach going into it, Dan, I 100% would say to the lads, right, this is how we're going to set up. I'm not going to change anything too dramatic. We're going to make it a steady change. Go out there, show me what you're all capable of. You've all got a clean slate. I'm not going to make any preconceived ideas. This is your chance now to show me today what you're capable of. And, you know, if any of them come in and say, yeah, don't perform, then he's going to be looking a lot closer at them when he goes back to training on on Monday. So I I just think this is a little bit of a this is a free hit for the players. We'll see who who's probably interested because I, I mentioned the other night to you that there's hundred percent as he's spoken to the players about his you know what his ideas are and you know his no doubt his little speech or what you know whatever they've done. You can hundred percent guarantee that there's players, and I said this on this other podcast as well, but there's players that have gone home that evening and have contacted their agent and said, I do not want to be here. I want to leave this club. Now, I know we we would hope that that wouldn't happen, but every manager and every player is going to have different ideologies about what they want. So there's there could be people in there thinking, this guy, don't know who he is, don't know what he's done. Um, I don't like the sound of him. I want to go. So I think we're going to see an interesting period of time now. But I think this weekend, it's a free hit. So we'll see him in the dugout. He'll make a few changes, maybe. I genuinely do think he's going to go four at the back, not three at the back, just because we're used to it more than anything else, Dan. Um, so I think we'll have uh, Bonham and goal. We'll have Hoover uh, at right back. We'll have McNally and Rose and the two centre-backs. Now, I don't know if Stevens is fit or not. I can't remember now. If he is, uh, then I'd put Stevens in over Thompson. As, although Thompson actually hasn't done that bad uh, coming in for, for the last few games. I'd definitely still go for Loren and Berger as the two holding midfielders. I think that's probably going to happen. Uh, Johnson, I'm sorry, did not work. As much as Paul Gallagher did a good job, Johnson was lost. He was like a lost puppy. Uh, he didn't have a flipping clue what he was doing. He was leaving gaps down that side. It, that, for me, has got to be Vidigal. And he's not had a great time, but again, free hit, a chance for Vidigal to maybe just reset his own mindset. Uh, so definitely got to have Vidigal coming in. Uh, obviously, uh, Juno has got to go into the the kind of you know, the number 10 spot, if you like. Um, and I would keep Gooch on the right. I actually would. I don't think Tyrese is going to be back, although I think I did see him in the background of one of the Stoke videos, so maybe he's, he is fit. But I, I, we can't drop Gooch either. 
uh, and obviously Ryan May's up front. So it's, it's actually not much of a change. I guess from that, all I'm doing is changing Vidigal for Johnson. I, I think that would be a, a fair crack of the whip, actually. Well, with Johnson, it sort of plays again into what we were saying last week, doesn't it? About he don't play him three games in a week. He can't, he's not up to playing three times in a week. His legs can't do it. Um, so that's why West Brom, he's probably a bit anonymous because he played the midweek game, played better in the midweek game, and he scored the penalty and whatever. But he, again, he, he's he's doing exactly what we were told he would do by Preston fans when we signed him. He's a good player in spirits, but don't rely on him for... You know, don't rely on him to play 90 games, game in, game out. In 90 minutes, game in, game out. I don't get why he was played on the left-hand side, though, Dan. He's 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 barely been performing in a central position, which is his strength. So never yeah. mind chucking him out on the left. That was that was peculiar, that was. And I don't think... I mean, I, I'm not saying he's lazy, but I don't think his work rate is, is top of the... You know, top of his attributes, is it? No. By any stretch. So it's not as if he's going to get up and down and helping the fullback out and that. Um, I thought the interesting thing with Vidigal was as well. Do you see when he came on at the weekend? Within seconds, he won a corner off, and nothing where the defender should have easily headed it back to the goalkeeper. But he panicked because he had Vidigal, you know, right on his heels. And it's just that, and you know, are they going to do that with Dan? No, no offense to Daniel Johnson, but is the defender going to make that mistake with Daniel Johnson? Sort of hovering behind him now. But no people, the uh, championship defenders are scared of Andre Vidigal, aren't they? You know, they've seen what he can do and, and the, you know, the, the, he, he creates fear and panic when he's around. So, for that more than anything, you know, especially when we're at home, we should be, we should be getting, you know, try and get him on the pitch as much as possible for me. Totally agree. What did um, you think about Junior being dropped out of interest, actually? Um, well, against West Brom and because and, obviously as you notice I didn't put him in my team uh, but that's only because I think Keanu didn't do anything wrong so I can't see him being dropped well I've got him in my team um, but mainly because I like to see him in the team Rob and again it's a bit harsh on Jordan Thompson who exits my team <laughs> uh, left wing back but yeah I think he's. Um, I think he was unlucky not to play. To be honest, thought he did a real good job pushing forward. And if anything, I'd have left him in and took Daniel Johnson out after the midweek game. Um, but yeah, I'll like say we got we got a point, and we West well, Brom don't we? We, you know, we should probably would have taken that before kickoff. A um, couple of games unbeaten now, so we got a little bit of tide turning and momentum changing. Uh, but we do definitely need a win. And I think we need to go all out for a win in this game. You know, we, we're eight without a victory now. Um, that that number can't get much higher um, before it starts becoming alarming, even with a change of manager. Um, so for me, though, I think he will go through at the back. I think, like I say, we did that against West Brom. I can see the same sort of three centre-halves, uh, Hoiver, McNally and Rose. Uh, Bonham obviously between the sticks. I think Gooch keeps his place at right wing back. Uh, I've got Junior Chamadu coming in at left wing back for me. Uh, Berger and Loren obviously in midfield. I think they're working quite well together. To be honest, that they're both you know, benefiting the last couple of games. Uh, whether that's dismissal of Alex Neal and their two players who are benefiting from that, I don't know. Um, well, I, just to jump in there, I agree with you. I think I think Loren's been really solid there's been a couple of times now in the last against Swansea and he did it against West Brom as well was the, the tracking back and you know really covering almost basically doing what Pearson does so Josh has been in for a lot of stick this season and rightly so because he, he looked lazy on a number of occasions but um, I think that dropping that Alex Neal actually did was a good kick up the backside for him and I do think he, he's um, he, he's probably kept his Stoke career alive if he puts in the same work rate under Schumacher, then um, he's he's still got a future here, I think. Yeah, I reckon so. Um, I think he's a decent player at this level when he's, I'd say when he's playing um, even you know, close to his potential, I think he's a very good midfielder when he plays and he's on top of his game. I think if we can get Lewis Baker firing and we've got, uh, you know, we've got Walter Berger, who's, for me, 
it, it, it's funny because, like I say, we're down the bottom of the bottom end of the division, and some of the but some of these players you look at and think, you know, you've got the possibility really to be one of the better players in your position in the league. You know, if Walter Berger was, you know, on his best, there are, I, I can't, I just don't see many midfielders who are technically anywhere near him. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, and we saw him. We saw him at his best. I mean, you know, it, it, the level of, of position is clear. But like when we saw him against Rotherham um, and a few other games in, earlier in the season, like he he looped streets ahead, didn't he? Like his movement, his swagger, um, everything. He, he just looked different class. I think he's looked a little bit more uh, samey, samey. A lot, a lot of times, I don't think really, really standing out. You know, we, me, and you have sat in the stadium and criticised him for uh, just, just do the simple things. Stop trying to be flashy. Yeah. There's, there's time, and that's probably experience, and he, also he do anything, a reflection of his he? attitude. He doesn't do anything easy, does he? He doesn't take the easy pass or the easy, um, easy sort of like he'll play with more the outside of his boots instead of just a simple inside. You know. Um, but I think it's easy to forget as well that he is only 22, 22 mm. coming into a new new league, um, a league that's you know far quicker pace than anything he would have encouraged uh, encountered before in his career, and also, you know, he's playing centre midfield, which of all the positions in the championship, that is probably the most hectic one of the lot, isn't it? You know, the ball's dotting backwards and forwards all the time. And he's probably not, he's, he's probably is going to have games where he's struggling to you know, assert himself on him because he's getting used to that sort of pace and and end to endness of the, the division. Um, but when he does get on it and when he is having the good days, like I say, I think he's a fantastic player. Um, fun thing for me, I don't like him playing out wide, but he does keep his places. John Howe, Vidigal on the left, and Ryan Myers down the middle for me. Yeah, fair play. Can't disagree. Uh, what scoreline you? Uh, no, actually, I'm having a scoreline right this time because you keep bloody stealing mine and making me change. Uh, oh, do I think we're? Gonna, you know what? I reckon we're going to squeeze this one nil to Stoke. It's going to be a tight game. I don't think Millwall are amazing. They're certainly not a bad team overall, I don't think. They're obviously having a few problems themselves, but I'm going to go Stoke 1, Millwall nil, And I do think that Juno's going to get off the mark and get his, get his first goal. OK, I'm going to go 4-3-1. I think Ryan Mai, Josh Loren and... Juno, I'm going to go with you. Juno getting his first step goal. Um, I mean, looking at Millwall, I know we're sort of doing this bit backwards, back to front, aren't we? But they've got um, so Denor's out injured, so he's going to, you know, he's not going to play. I think he's quite can be quite a key figure for them and you know, quite influential, can't he? In sort of the midfield areas, but Matthias Sarkic, a player we know well. He's uh, he's back in goal. Obviously, he got injured didn't he, at the beginning of the season, had a bit of a spell out, uh, but yeah, he's back between the sticks for them. Uh, so, you, you, will he get a good reception? Do you think, Mike? Yeah, he did nothing wrong for us. He wasn't overly incredible, but um, I don't see why anyone would give him any stick. You think he's? Um, do you know? I don't think he'll get, not that you'll give him stick. I'm, I'm sure we won't. Um, but I think he's he's very injury prone for a goalkeeper, isn't he? Because he got injured yeah. before he joined us. He got injured when he was with us, and then he joined Millwall and got injured again straight with them. He's the Nick Powell of, of uh, goalkeepers, isn't he? Yeah, I mean, there's one position where you sort of you hope you wouldn't be picking up too many injuries. It's in goal. I mean, all the protection they get. <laughs> well, exactly. You know, if if you get dropped as a goalkeeper, trying to, it's not like you're a centre back or a winger where you can get back in when someone has a bad you know a, a bad game next week like you, you don't get rotating like that so uh, if he if he's if he's in goal then he needs to be careful but I, I, I didn't think when he was here I'm trying to remember specific games but I don't think he was overly special at all I think he was quite average so I'm not thinking he's going to be able to do a worldie and keep us out all, all game I think he maybe appeared to be something special because he was replacing Jack Bonham. Um, 
yeah, wasn't wasn't much of a uh, yeah, well, yeah. Where is where Bonham has been? He has dropped Ricks this season. That's not we're not going to beat around the bush. He has, you know, he has chucked a couple on his own net. He's also been quite solid at other times. Um, but that's what you get into it. I think he just gets one too many Ricks. Um, but whereas last season, I think he's a better goalkeeper now than he was last season. I think, like I say, Sarkic's coming in. We definitely needed even more at this point last year. Um, yeah, I mean, moving further up the pitch for Millwall, down the other end of it, I mean, Tom Bradshaw, he was one, he was netting goals for fun once he and linking up the play beautifully last year, and he just seemed to go well off the boil for them. Um, they've brought in Kevin Nisbet from, from you know, in the uh, up in Scotland. He's not done anything for them really. He's you know really struggling to get going. And then the other one is is Ian Fleming, you know, the, the the Dutchman they've got playing who sort of plays off the strikers. Last season, absolute key man, linked up really well with Bradshaw, um, scoring, assisting, running the show at times for Millwall. You know, as they were you know in the what, top seven or eight for the majority near of all the season, and this season just again nothing really, and I think. Those three players there are probably the reason why Millwall is struggling so much. Um, so they have got decent talent up front, but they're just all three of them seem to be horribly out of form. Yeah, no, they're hundred percent doing. I, I was quite interested because obviously they've had a change of manager. Was it back in November? Yeah, Joe it was Edwards Joe Edwards, wasn't yeah. it? Um, that their fortunes haven't really turned around. I mean, I, I'm trying to get their fixtures up now, but um, I don't think their fortunes have particularly turned around since he's come in. They got a, a 1-1 draw versus Huddersfield uh, the other day. Obviously, the narrow defeat to, to Leicester, uh, which, I mean, let's face it, any team can get uh, defeated by Leicester in this division. Um, lost then away to Cardiff, a draw against Sunderland, lost to Ipswich, which is certainly nothing to be ashamed of. But then again, like lost at home three 0 to Coventry. But then go I mean Sheffield Wednesday they beat four 0 right? Uh, lost to Southampton. So since he's come in, he's what won he won his first game by the looks of it. So won uh he's won one game since he came in. And the rest of them have been draws or defeats. Largely defeats. So he's not had like a new manager bounce, and I know we certainly don't get them, do we? Let's be honest. Uh but he he he's probably struggled to to settle in there. I wonder what that's all about. Is it quality of player, maybe? Could well be. Like I say, I think it's possibly all the eggs at Millwall are in the basket of those three players I mentioned. Just aren't here in terms of creating and scoring goals. Um, I don't think they've particularly got many other options. You know, it's not as if they could like take take somebody out and you know, whereas we could. You know, um, take my my out, put Wesley in, put you know as much as you may not want to, put Dwight Gale in, even put a right um, a Nathan Lowe or a Tesgal in. You got plenty of options, haven't we? Out wide, you know, if people are fit, you've got your Campbell, Haxabanovich, Vidigal, Larice, Bajon Ho, even people like Daniel Johnson get tried out there. Um, Junior, we've got. Plenty of options. I don't see that in the Millwall squad. So I think he's maybe just got to persist with these players and find a way to get them back in form. Um, one thing that does slightly upset me is the thought of Gary Rowers smugly sitting there watching this team like, huh, doing a lot better since I left, aren't you? Not. Well, uh, yeah, at least it's not like Nathan Jones, where if he, he gets one thing right, then he 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 was the man who put that in place. Uh, but Rowett, I mean, what's Rowett up to these days? He hasn't got a new job, has he? Not that I'm aware of, anyway. Uh, no, he hasn't. Uh, I think he's been linked with the Plymouth one. I like how he's 40 to 1 to for the Stoke job. I was like, hey, Mr. <laughs> Fuse, Mr. Fusevers, that's the end of that one. It's him well, and Nathan Jones. <laughs> If there's any Plymouth uh, fans listening, do, do whatever you do, protest, don't get Gary Rowett in. It'll be some of the most... You, you're going to go from Stephen Schumacher to Gary Rowett. That would be one of the most depressing moves you could possibly want to make. I mean, I've seen Nathan Jones linked with the Plymouth job. I was going to say, it could be even worse. They've been linked with Nathan Jones. 
You know what though? It's it interestingly, and as much as we don't like him, and I think he's a really poor man manager, it, it really, which is why I think largely he failed when he was here. He might actually suit somewhere like that. You know, a, a, a club that are going to give him time. They're not going to have tons of money uh, to really play with, but there's not going to be any stupidly big egos, big personalities. Maybe that he's got to you know constantly well, deal no, with. There's been a no dehead rule, remember? And and no, I know, but uh, so there is no. That's our opinion on him, Dan. That that that's no. the opinion on him. That that's what no, we I think mean, he I, is. I mean, sorry, I meant the squad he's going to inherit will be one with no idiots in there because that's yeah. how Premier have been working. Well, there you go. So I actually think it could be a match made in heaven for them, if I'm honest. He, he doesn't play horrible, boring football when everything's going right. It's not what he wants to do. It could be a good one for them. But anyway, this this, is, this isn't a Plymouth podcast. Uh, but yeah, I, I actually don't think it'd be a bad bad match for them, if I'm honest with you. Um, yeah, uh, so like I say, I think Millwall are not doing great at the minute. We're not doing great, which means I think it's going to be a very, very tight game, hence my 1-0. So if you'd like to revise your 3-1 prediction, you're very welcome to. But uh, yeah, I've got a feeling you won't. No, we're going to smash them off the apartment. <laughs> just looking, uh, just very quick. I'm sorry, I'm jumping ahead here, right? Um, I know we've got some uh, bits we want to probably just finish off with. I was, I just wanted to get your thoughts really, because obviously we're coming up to a really busy festive period. We've got a, a lot of. Well, we'll look ahead to the games. I just wanted to take the next uh, kind of five league games, if if you don't mind. Um, so obviously we've got Millwall. We know what's it's going to be a tough game, but I was just trying to think. Like Schumacher's coming in here, he's gonna he's he's probably not going to have too many more difficult starts to this. I don't think. So he's got Millwall, Birmingham, Watford, Ipswich, Brighton in the cup, which you can forget about. Um, and then probably is actually his easiest game is away to Rotherham. What do you think is a realistic expectation coming out of that? I mean, Ipswich is going to be bloody difficult on New Year's Day. They are exceptional, and I'll hold my hands up and say that they have completely proven me wrong from the start of this season. I didn't think they'd carry it on, so really well done to Ipswich. But, you know, Watford's are not a bad side. They're getting their act together. Did they beat Preston 4-1 away? Something like that, I think it was at the weekend. Um you know, Brom, I'd love us to beat Brom. Absolutely love it. It's almost like the, uh, what's the name, uh, Keegan uh, type speech. I would love it if we beat them, just because it's, I'm sick of hearing, Wayne Rooney's Birmingham. I don't give a shit about Wayne flipping Rooney. Like, I don't understand what Wayne Rooney's got to do with it. Um, so I'd love to beat them, Dan. But do you think wow. he's got, oh, sorry, Bob. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> no, it, it bugs me. It really bugs me when managers get jobs that they simply do not deserve. And I John Eustace got treated Derby. like crap. Uh, yeah, Lampard's Derby and Steven Gerrard's this. If Honestly, if those players did not have their names in Premier League stuff, they wouldn't be anywhere near a single one of these clubs. Yet other managers get sacked because of a name. So I I don't, for, for the actual fans of Birmingham, I, I don't want them to be relegated. But for the, everything else, I would love them to plummet and get relegated for that very reason, because it would teach their owners a lesson. Um, I've just got it's a really passionate uh, thingy there. I, I, I didn't see that coming. <laughs> more, more passionate about Birmingham getting relegated than your Stoke do well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, I didn't think I felt that passionately about it, Dan, but I, I clearly did. Anyway, I've gone away from my own question I was trying to tell you. Uh, what do you think we're going to get out of them? Because there are, there are still some quite difficult games. Right, so hit me with them again. So we've got Birmingham. Okay. So we've got after Millwall, we've got Birmingham away. That's a win. Watford away. Might struggle on that. We'll take a draw. Two days later, which is another factor as well. So it's Friday at quarter to eight kickoff on the Friday. And then on the Monday is a 3 p.m. kickoff at home to Ipswich. Now, that might... Don't say we're going to beat Ipswich, Dan. No. <laughs> No, I, I'm not going to say we're going to be tip switch. Away from home, they're not... At home, they're sort of invincible near enough, aren't they? Away from home, they're still picking up a lot of points, but they're conceding a lot of goals. And that 
actually may actually give us a sniff of something. I'm not going to predict that we win, but the, the quick turnover will play more into our hands than it will Ipswich's, I believe. Um, we've got a bigger squad than them. I think they've got quite a tight-knit squad, a squad that's doing bloody well, let's be honest. Um, you know, churning out win after win after win after win, but they are, like I say, there's not, they haven't got a 22, 23 squad. We used 30 players this year. If we if we turn up for that game and half a dozen of our players are, are shattered, or you know they're, they're not, you know the levels are down, whatever, we can just bring the players in, can't we? Swap and rotate them, bring some in. I'm not sure Ipswich have got sort of they've got the benefit of doing that. So that could give us a sniff. I'm going to say we get a point in that game. Okay, all right. I mean, I'll take that right now. Um, I mean, we'll, we'll we'll include it. Brighton in the cup. I think that's a loss. Um, no, we knows. We'll probably get a draw and then lose the replay. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we 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 were great on. Are there uh, any replays in the cup anymore? Do they keep threatening to take them away? Don't they? I've got to go for a loss there. I'm sorry. I've I've got to. And then Rotherham away. It's got to be three points. I know they're a better team at home than they are away. But we've, we've, at home. we've got to beat them for the simple fact that they'll probably be, if the results don't go our way, they'll be hot on our heels uh, for that relegation space. So we we cannot afford to go into that game without a decent amount of points and they'll lose that one as well. That would be um, really squeaky bum time, I think. Yeah, I'm going for a win there, which takes me to 11 points. So, yeah, uh, 11 okay. points and a cup replay away at Brighton. <laughs> so um, I'm going in three, four, six, seven, eight points for me. Fair enough. We'll take, we'll take, I think we'll, anywhere between eight and 11 is a, is a decent start for him, isn't it? Okay, uh, what else have we got to, to talk about before we wrap this up then, Dan? Would you like some Super 6 uh, and Gaffer? Oh, yes, Super 6, I would. I think I beat you this week, if I remember rightly. I think you did. You got I got seven points and you got nine. Um, so, top of the shop, we have joint leaders. So, Michael Gadget and Sean Flanagan both have 2 3 7. Uh, to joint lead overall and Nigel Warham, a new name in the top three, he's gone up a couple of places and on to two two seven to take third spot. Um overall I'm still ahead of you, but you are cl- you've closed the gap slightly. So last week I got seven, you got nine. So I'm in fifty second on one ninety and you are sixty second on one eight five. So they're only five points behind me now. Only five points behind. Uh, the were three people who won the round. Joe Thompson, Thomas Longshore and Gary Lee all got 14 points. So well done to you three. So, Gaffer, Stoke is Bay leads the way on 1805. Uh, Vidigalacticos, I like it. That's a new name. Uh, they're up to 1724, flying up into second place. And then Mr. Kadri is third on 1699. So, yeah, some new names in the top three there. I'm in 36 overall. Uh, yeah, so um, I'm, fat, I'm, I'm sort of consistently sat there in the, in the mid-30s, not really moving either way, to be fair. Um, but I haven't really made many changes for a long, long time. In fact... Looking at my side here, I do have, uh, yeah, I do have a couple of uh, changes, so I might have to make them. Uh, I've got a Vidigal still in my team. That's probably not helping matters <laughs> lately. Um, I did put Schmodix in there the other week, so he he's hopefully scoring me a few points. And uh, Adam Armstrong up front. Oh yes. I know what I did do. I uh, I swapped the Ipswich strikers around, brought Evan Chaplin, and then the one I brought in, the one that dropped to the bench for me, is went and scored a couple of goals, and the one that came in did nothing. So I'm like, wonderful, typical. <laughs> um, so yeah, I think that's everything, Mike. Uh, no quiz this week because you've only got to wait another 24 hours after this pod comes out to get our Christmas special. So you know what we'll do? Christmas special is always. 
we have you know a few guests on uh, we have a good laugh we look very light-hearted great spirits and we have a little bit of a bumper quiz don't we as well so that's what we've got in store um coming out on the or saturday isn't it? that's coming out on saturday morning that that will mike yeah, it certainly will be, mate. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. The Christmas ones are normally uh, really, really good. Uh, what I was going to say, I did this the other week. Would you like to hear, um, try to try and find the most random country that we've been listening to within the last seven days? Would you like to know? Go on. Now, Cayman Islands are back up there, so whoever's listening to the Cayman Islands, we appreciate it. Uh, Grenada is uh, one of the random ones. Indonesia. Uh, is uh, is another uh, as well. Uh, so I'll give you any more random ones. Uh, mentioned Cambodia last week. Barbados. So someone's lying on the beach listening. In fact, not someone. There's there's a lot of people actually by the looks of this. Surprise me. There's definitely gone as a, as a big family. Uh, got gone to Barbados. Um, let's have a look. Korea. It's interesting. Uh, so we've got some uh, Juno fans. And then yeah, and I scattered the normal ones, but uh, yeah, I thought this it's always always interesting to see who's uh, lying on a beach while we're sat in sunny Stoke on Trent. That's brilliant. I love it. Um, yes, so to all you Stoke fans all around the world, uh, thank you, bid you farewell. This podcast, you'll be hearing much more of our voices. Like I say, if you haven't checked out the podcast that we did, um, Spaces podcast that was released earlier this week. Go and have a listen to that because it's got some fantastic insight into the new gaffer. Um, if that's what I'm going to go with, Mike, it's not manager, not head coach, just gaffer. Just call him the gaffer. <laughs> um, and then obviously, like I would say, you're going to have more content. So tomorrow, Saturday morning, you are going to have our Christmas special coming out. And then Sunday, Christmas Eve, we're going to also see the release of our preview podcast for Birmingham. So, yes, plenty of you to listen to. I hope you don't get sick of hearing us. But for now, go on, Stoke. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.